Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to The Morning Fix. You know, we have a really interesting guest here today. And, you know, since we started our podcast, we've interviewed many MDs, CEOs, chief marketing officers. But today we have a real first. We are getting to speak with our first CPO, or Chief Play Officer, Elaine Chung. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Elaine, so great to have you on the show. Um, You have done so much in your career, and we know that you are a medical device and digital health startup strategist. You and I go way back um, in the med tech industry, Um, and you're also a commercialization expert. Recently, you started a new organization called My Play Type, which focuses on helping parents uh, and children interact as well as uh, professionals interact. We find this really fascinating and see there could be some implications for the medical technology field. Tell us a little more about it. Well, the origin of this actually started with a story, um, a horror story, I'll say, um, where I was on a plane with my twin one and a half year olds thinking, you know, as a new mom, like, okay, I'll just have some activities and they'll be ready. And realized that, you know, when I gave one activity to one kid, uh, they would play with it for a second and the other kid would play it for 15 minutes, which is a really long time. And suddenly, uh, suddenly had kids that were crying and screaming. And I became one of those parents that had those kids that were yelling, screaming, yelling, screaming, and realized, you know, why did this not work? Why did all these activities not work? And this line of inquiry really led to more investigations uh, and talking with researchers to understand fields of like personality development, early childhood development, and even neuroscience. Because you see, I didn't think the answer of it's just because they're different and just because they're kids was enough for me. Like there had to be a why. And through that research, really found an interconnection of observing behavior like play to really unpack and understand personalities. Um, Because one example is, you know, you know, all kids don't play Legos even the same way. And as the pandemic actually hit with everybody suddenly being at home with kids, this became even more relevant and present in coaching and sharing this knowledge of how can you even understand your kid and how to help them play longer um, to also then help you relax. But in a secret way, it also helps adults play better. And during that pandemic, I was giving presentations to Sony and Nike, all known for play. Um, And as I continued exploring this line of inquiry, it really started to connect the dots that, you know, with leadership, motivation, and creativity research, it further unpacked that play is actually more of this daily practice that can help us and well, organizations feel much more energized in tackling the most challenging problems and creatively solution together as teams. And, um, you know, who else, who, who wants to live a life that they are actually energized by, not drained by? And that's the magic of play here. It's so interesting. 
you know, you talked about the pandemic and play and, you know, how it kind of created, um, you know, a lot of angst for the parents that had um, young children at home, like we all did. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting that I observed in my own house is that even though my daughter wasn't able to see her friends, they actually used their iPads as a conduit to play. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that by, you know, they were playing video games, which of course they were, but they were using it just as like a window into each other's homes, right? Mm-hmm. And so they would play like with dolls or with makeup or, you know, whatever it was as if they were in the same room together. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was really interesting and really inventive. And quite frankly, it was a blessing because I thought to myself, what would we have done, you know, in the pandemic if we, if, you know, because my daughter's, you know, a, a tween, if you will. And so those relationships are so important. But, you know, I, lo- I love talking about this and I'd love to know, you know, what, you know, as I observe that in my own child, you know, what are some of the top two or three, three things parents should know um, about helping their children learn how to play? Um, based on their own play style. Yeah, well, Julie, you hit on something really important um, because play in itself, it is the first component of it. It really allows someone or two people, it's really around engagement, right? Like they're able to engage. And even through that tablet being able to, in essence, play together, they were engaging with each other, even though it was in a virtual setting. And I'd say um, to your question that, well, I don't think we have to teach kids how to play, actually. Um, Kids are actually constantly at play. Um, It's really how they learn. And I'll turn that question around and say, like, that's actually we as uh, as adults. Um, We as adults and parents can actually really learn from them because play isn't just, you know, some hobby on the side or for some kids. You know, the last few weeks I've been doing some interviews with executives and how they consider and think about play. And it's often isolated in this side space, if you will. And I, I want to challenge the norm in that. And because as we integrate it more and more into our daily lives and even our work lives, we're able to change our mindset because it is this permission that gives us a an ability to engage, experiment, and even explore. And it can be both individually and together. And there's so much richness in that because the this playful practice allows us to be scientists really. And really full of wonder and curiosity. So I'd step aside and say, okay, the top three things for parents are, you know, one, get genuinely curious about your child. Like watch them like Jane Goodall did when she watched um, the animals and their behavior, because when they're quietly playing, you can really kind of step into their world. So you might see yourself like, do you actually have a storyteller that might be talking to herself and staying sto- uh, talking stories and, and sharing that with her dolls or her, uh, or writing them in a book and really look back and say like, what's their environment? Who's around? What and how are they engaged? What do they even have around them? And when you step back and observe that all, you're actually observing them in their, their sweet spot. So, so one, get genuinely curious. Two, don't take yourself too seriously. Engage and engage in that play. You know, engage in their play type to really open up and see things how, they see things. And, you know, let's say we'll take that storyteller, for example, like if you are that play type, you'll probably fall right in line, adding to that story, iterating to that story. But even if you aren't, and it doesn't come as free flowing and natural, 
if you just reach down to try, you're kind of reaching into that inner kid to like have that bravery to try because what one-year-old hasn't fallen a few times as they're starting to walk, right? And you can actually see and be able to connect them with like such a deeper level, like once you actually engage them in, in that way. And um, lastly, I would say, I'm going to bring back genuine curiosity again, but the third thing is get genuine, genuinely curious about yourself. So just like how you observed their, the kids playing in their sweet spot, kind of like their environment and all around them, take what you learn and look inward. And this really does apply both in our lives, but in the corporate setting too. Like, where are you at your best? Really thinking about what was around you, who was you around, who was around you, what were you working on? Um, what was even the cadence? Uh, you know, was it a virtual setting, in person? Like you can dig in very, very deep, but keep that genuine curiosity about yourself. Because at the end of the day, if we can actually create moments of curiosity and play where we are at our best, we can really activate ourselves and bring our best solutions to surface. So that's what I think is super exciting about play. That's awesome. And I'm so glad that you kind of circled back to adults and to the corporate world, um, because that was something I know that Amy and I were real interested about, too. You know, we are working moms. So, of course, we care about our children. But, you know, it's also interesting to think about how do we as adults play. And so I'd love you to talk a little bit more about that. You touched on, you know, thinking about where we are at our best in the, mm -hmm. you know, in our work, work lives, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you expand on that and how you, you know, become a better boss, employee, et cetera. Yeah. I think like when we even just start and root from getting genuinely curious, there is this, we're not asking questions now because there's some ulterior motive. We're asking questions like a kid does, like, you know, many young children ask lots of whys and whats and hows. And when we allow ourselves some moments of time to ask questions in that way for pure understanding, there is automatically this threshold of a baseline of psychological safety, if you think about it. Like if everybody actually was inquiring questions like in the workplace just to understand nothing else behind it. Like I'm not going to, I'm not judging you. I'm just really just trying to understand because my mind can't comprehend it right now. And if we all kind of lowered that expectation of these questions and that it's just about understanding, if you think about it in a team environment, you're lowering that stress. You're opening up that psychological safety to share ideas as wild as they may be. You're creating a safe space to iterate on these ideas and to bring in new knowledge that people may not in a, you know, regular standup or a regular formulated meeting because, you know, so much of our now, whether you're in remote, fully remote or a hybrid, a lot of these calls are super transactional. It's like, I have this to get done and I check it off and it's done. Um, but when we invite that curiosity back in, there's a different line of inquiry. Maybe it's something in their background, right? Like, or you notice that they have a lot of plants and actually asking and digging about it, not automatically discounting that of like, oh, well, that's not important. So I'm not going to ask, but actually like embracing that kid inside of you of like, oh, like what kind of plant is that? Is that hard to grow? You know, just in that line of just to understand. Um, and, you know, 
that connects on a personal level, but you can also on the, on the project, on the business standpoint, ask questions, but also in the root of just trying to understand that it just creates this other feeling. Um, and if you just, I can, I can like imagine it in my mind too. And like feel that of like, if every single person were in that inquiry level of just to understand just how much more comfortable um, and safe it would feel to share those other ideas and even iterate. Like nobody's feelings will get hurt. You're just trying to iterate and make it better and automatically creating that environment is what play enables. Yeah. Elaine, there's so much to unpack here. I wish we had tons of time just to talk about the play theory within itself. But I wanted to bring it back a bit to the med tech world. Talk about how theory can impact, uh, as you see it, the, the med tech world. And really, how did your experience um, as a med tech professional help you in your new company and your new endeavor? And so, yeah, my, my experience within the med tech space uh, over a decade really honed in the ability to comb through research. Like I was not scared of any type of clinical data having been on the medical device side and then now to the digital health side and enabling that inquiry and discussion with the researchers themselves and the clinicians to really mine for the why. And that that helped shape and identify all these interconnections within the, the play space itself. Um, and really the, un, the desire to understand the core science of it, not it being just some like you said, like the theoretical side that doesn't work or that could work in an ideal state, but really honing in on the components that in an ideal, in a, in a normal situation in what we experience today, what we can embrace. And that very much maps to healthcare. You know, there are many solutions out there um, trying to solve for different aspects of healthcare, but really identifying what's the realistic step with the current environment because the ideal change isn't going to happen immediately, that it becomes much more tangible and bite-sized and approachable uh, to attack. Thank you so much for sharing that. Just thank you very much for for shedding light on such interesting topics that we think will make waves in the future. Um, And before we let you go, we have one final question for you. Since you are here on The Morning Fix, we would love to know, what do you do for your morning fix? Ah, that was such a fun question. Well, I have integrated play in every aspect of my life. So my morning fix is riding on the Peloton. And I invite everybody, actually, you know, come ride and play with me at uh, Recharge Mom is my Peloton handle. So come ride with me. That is a good one. That's a good one. Well, again, thank you so much, Elaine. It's a pleasure. Uh, we will uh, look look forward to learning more about play theory um, within uh, child development and also within a professional setting. Thank you again. Thanks for having me. It was so fun.